Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 954 of the Juicebox podcast. Today, we welcome back a guest that's been here quite a few times, Jake Leach. Jake is the executive vice president and chief operating officer at Dexcom. And he's going to answer your questions, a bunch of questions sent in by listeners, my questions, talk about a new product, a few other things that are on the horizon, and we're going to find out if that Dexcom's ever going to go to your Apple Watch. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Big news, kids. The Cozy Earth offer code JUICEBOX at checkout now saves you 40% on your entire purchase. Go to CozyEarth.com, enter the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout, and save 40% off your entire purchase. You'll get a free year's supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order at drinkag1.com forward slash juice box. Get a green drink. Drink it with me in the morning, like virtually, because I'm drinking it. If you're drinking it, we're kind of doing it together. I'm going to tell you about the advertisers, and then we're getting right to Jake. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by the Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Check out the meters, the second chance test strips, and everything else happening at contournext.com forward slash juice box. The podcast is also sponsored today by US Med. USmed.com forward slash juice box. Now, US Med is the place where Arden gets her diabetes supplies from. Actually, her Omnipod Dash comes from there and her Dexcom G7. Yours could too. You can get your free benefits check right now by calling 888 888- 721-1514 or by going to my link, usmed.com forward slash juicebox. Type those links into a browser or click on them in the show notes of your podcast player or at juiceboxpodcast.com. When you use my links, you are supporting the production of this show and keeping it free and plentiful for everybody. So you can get more stuff like this with Jake. Jake, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Uh, I'm well, thank you. It's nice to see you again. You too, man. It's been a little while. Yeah, well, uh, there's a good uh, there's a good reason to get back together, so I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. G7 approval, I think, was the last time we chatted. Yeah, yeah, right, right around that time. I, I have a couple of G7 questions for you. I'll hold off till later. Um, okay, cool. But I did want to find out what was going on. So it sounds like you guys are bringing some new products to light, and I wanted to hear about those. Yeah, yeah, we are absolutely. Yeah, we recently announced an exciting new product where we're looking at CGM uh, for people who have diabetes, but not on insulin. Mm-hmm. So really, really focused on the needs of those users, which are different than, um, you know, many of the needs of uh, folks who are taking insulin. You know, it's it's basically trying to build a product that's for, you know, there's about 25 million people in the U.S. that have type 2 that aren't on insulin and don't have, um, you know, severe hypoglycemia. Um, events. Um, so th- there's really, you know, they could, tr- they could use a CGM uh, like G6 or G7, but we're really, th- this idea here is let's design a product that really meets their needs. Um, and is something that, um, you know, they can really get engaged with. What do you, is that a, is that an easy timeline? Is it years? Because the reason I'm asking, my brother has type two 
he was just here visiting. And I may or may not have slipped him an old G6 transmitter and two sensors and put one on him while he was here. And inside of the first 10 days, he was already understanding what food was doing that he never understood before. No matter how much a doctor tried to explain it to him or I tried to help him, it wasn't until he saw it that it started to make sense. And then the next text I got from him was, do I put this next sensor on now or do I wait? Or like he he already had that feeling of like, oh, no, I want this thing. Um, so is this going to be like a long process, FDA, like that whole thing or no? We have, we have to get it approved uh, by, by the FDA, um, but uh, it's um, so a product we plan to launch next year. Oh, that's great. Well, yeah, so it's, it's short term. It's built on the G7 hardware platform, um, and it has a totally different mobile app uh, that goes with it. Okay. And you think insurance companies are going to get behind it? Uh, you know, ultimately, we have to show, um, you know, to generate uh, enough evidence in this population of users to show the benefits. We're, I mean, one of the most exciting things at ADA that just happened last month was there was quite a bit of data around use of CGM um, in this this population that's not taking insulin um, and looking at outcomes that can be generated there. And just like you you mentioned by your brother, it's like that um, uh, type of um, insight that you can get from wearing a CGM. It's there's no there's nothing there's another tool that can give you that. Uh, and so that's why we really think this is uh, something that it will be highly engaging for this group and something that they'll really find helpful and in not, managing their diabetes. Yeah, I would say not just the insight either, but uh, it provided a motivation for him that he couldn't find else anywhere else. And and just he you know he would call and say, "Oh, I ate this thing, and I saw what it did to my blood sugar." And, and that was the first context he had for it. He's like, I'm not going to eat that anymore. And, and it, of course, it's frustrating for me because in my head, I don't know how many years ago I was talking to, God, it might have been Kevin. And he said, I was wearing a sensor and there's a couple of foods I've cut out of my diet because of that now. And it's just really valuable. I, do you see it as something they would need forever? Or do you think it would be to help them adjust their lifestyle? Or do you think it might be different for different people? You know, I think it's going to be you know different for different people. I mean, uh, we did you know there was a study that we saw, um, you know, greater than ninety percent utilization of CGM in this population. We basically took, looked at a group of about seventy two hundred um, people that are using uh, G six, and in in that population, it was greater than ninety percent where. So that was a strong signal to us that says, okay, um, I think people are going to like this. I you know, it's the real time feedback that's the key. Um, like you mentioned, the motivation factor, it's hard to get motivated when you get an A1C every six months. Um, but when you get the live feedback right away that says this is how, you know, either that food choice or, uh, you know, activity stress didn't sleep a lot. You can see how all that impacts you. Yeah, 100 percent. OK, so that you're shooting for for next year. Yes, that makes absolutely. Sense? All right. Yep. You have anything else coming? Uh, we got a lot. <laughs> we got lots coming. I mean, even just the G7 platform. You know, we we just launched it last year. We've got lots of uh, things going into that. We've um, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's been a pretty steady cadence of uh, app releases as we've uh, after we launched G7. Um, some of that's you know small bug fixes, but all of, a bunch of it was uh, pretty significant functionality. You can now um, you know uh, verify an account or get uh, you know lost passwords using a text message code instead of going in through the email so that you know much faster we had enabled silence all so silence all wasn't in the original g7 it is now in there um, and then we just um, uh, released uh, some updates for the widget on iOS to to make that um, update more frequently and be uh, more functional for users so 
Um, it's been been about five releases since we launched, and uh, there's a bunch more coming. Um, one thing that we talked about recently uh, around the time of ADA is that Direct to Watch is finally coming. Uh, and so we're very excited to uh, put that into the product. Um, we're shooting for getting it in by the end of this year. Wow. Okay. So you're going to, you think, well, let me ask my question a different way. I feel like I've noticed, because I've been around for a number of different releases, that when the device first comes out, it comes out as is. And then there are things I feel like I'm seeing in its functionality, like not just stuff you can see, right? But like, you know, a, a, a screen or something like that. But I feel like things like connectivity, even, um, you know, how accuracy works. Like, I feel like you guys are tweaking that in the background. Is that happening? And does that happen with all new stuff? It does. We're, we're always looking to um, improve the product. We get lots of feedback, right? That's one of the number one things we do is listen to feedback from users um, about new products, but also about current products. And um, so, yeah, working on Bluetooth connectivity, further enhancing that um uh adhesives um you know the performance just all of those pieces we're always working on um in terms of improvement we did it with g6 right over the the number of years that it's been out there we've continued to improve it now uh, we're going to keep doing that with g7 for all of our current and future customers some people are asking me is there a difference in bluetooth distance for g6 for and g7 from the phone to the device not so when we did all of our testing, um, we haven't seen that. Um, but we have had certain users that have run into that. They've said, Hey, look, my G6 worked a little bit stronger than my G7. So we've been a analyzing that mm -hmm. um, and take, you know, determining if there's anything more we can do uh, to further enhance the Bluetooth. One thing we do know um, is that uh, as we looked at the, um, you know, as, as every time a new phone model comes out, we do quite a bit of work on the um, analyzing the way that the phone connects to our, um, our device. We get, but we get very consistent performance with uh, our receivers and in our pump users. But on the mobile app, sometimes there is, uh, you know, a phone will come out, and we do make changes to uh, ensure the product connects better to different phones. And so we're always kind of doing that in the background. And so, you know, anybody who's having that type of an experience with G7, I'd, I'd say definitely call us and see. We've got lots of tips and tricks um, uh, to help ensure that you get the good connectivity. But we're also making improvements along the way here. It's confusing for me when people ask, because Arden's been using it now, G7, I don't know, for a number of months. And I I haven't seen like a disconnection of data more, th more, more or less than I saw it before. But she's also 19. And I'm assuming her phone is like glued to her somehow. Um, <laughs> so, I, but, so I don't know if that's the case. Because I mean, fair enough, I've seen her walk from one room to another, stay out there and come back. Now, what I'll say is that when she does come back into the room, I see it pick it back up much faster than G6. Like that's my, you know, but my my experience at least. Um, but how much of it has to do with people's phones? Like, I mean, is it newer phones, stronger Bluetooth in some phones than other phones? Is is, is that it? You know, it actually, you know, it, it, you know all of, each case is different. But what um, does happen sometimes is just basically how people have their phones configured. Um, I've even had experiences where. You know, I have like rock solid connectivity and all of a sudden I'm starting to run into some issues and I'll, I'll cycle the Bluetooth, but also cycle the Wi-Fi. Um, and what I've found is, you know, on a lot of our, our phones, the Wi-Fi radio and the Bluetooth radio are often the same silicon, the same chipset. And so um, sometimes, you know, if something gets hung, there's tons of software in our, in our phones, right? And so, um, you know, there's always the, the turn it off and turn it back on. 
yeah. to help uh, connectivity. But I think you know it's it's it can be unique to. I don't think it's necessarily the phone models. It's more around just how phones are set up and how they're used. But um, you know, like with any new product, we're going to keep learning. Um, we you know all of the the data that we get back, we we analyze for performance of the phones and Bluetooth and sensors and everything else, and we we do make um, enhancements based on that feedback. Okay. That's great. Um, okay, can I jump through some questions? Let's do it. Yeah, all right. absolutely. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hit some miscellaneous ones first, and then go to stuff that's kind of grouped together. Can you help me dispel the myth that a G6 sensor with the code nine one one seven is somehow not as good as a sensor with another code on it? I love a CGM just like the next fella, but you also need a really accurate blood glucose meter. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. You will love the line of meters from Contour. Arden is using the Contour Next One. The Contour Next Gen is brand new. They are all incredibly accurate. They feature second chance test strips, meaning that if you, for some reason, don't get the right amount of blood the first time, you can go right back, get more, and it will not affect the accuracy of the test or ruin the strip. Isn't that lovely? So you don't have to be perfect to get a great result. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. It is possible, it's incredibly possible, that the meters and test strips may cost less in cash than you are paying right now for a possibly inferior product through your insurance. Isn't that crazy? Go to the link, contournext.com forward slash juice box. When you get there, hit the button that says buy now. Do you understand? I'm typing it into the browse right now. The browser, that's how the kids talk. I say browse. Uh, buy now, big orange button. You click on it. What it'll show you is that you can get these supplies at walmart.com, Amazon, Walgreens, CVS Pharmacy Online, Meyer. Kroger, Target, Rite Aid. These are all online links. Clicky, clicky, right there. You're buying. Go take a look, won't you? You can save time and money buying Contour Next products from the convenience of your home with my link, contournext.com forward slash juice box. And if you want to dig down deep into your data, dig down deep into your data. Wow, that's a lot of Ds. If you want to do that, use the free app that comes with the Contour Meter. Put it on your phone. Bing, bang, boom. All of a sudden, you're keeping track of things. Stuff makes more sense. You can make better decisions. Check it out. Get started today. Use the link. It's in the show notes of the podcast player that you're looking at right now. Or it's at juiceboxpodcast.com. And of course, you can just type it into a browser. Here's something else you could type into the browser. usmed.com forward slash juicebox. An A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They accept Medicare nationwide and a broad broad swath, over 800 in fact, a big, big bunch of private insurers. What am I saying? Your insurance is probably accepted by US Med. Give them a call and find out or go on the link 888-721-1514 or usmed.com forward slash juice box. Now, Scott, what, what, what am I going to get at US Med? How about this? US Med carries everything from insulin pumps and diabetes testing supplies to the latest in CGMs. They've got the Libre 2 and the Libre 3. They've got the Dexcom G6 and the Dexcom G7, Omnipod 5, Omnipod Dash, T-Slim, baby. They got it over there. In fact, they're the number one fastest growing tandem distributor nationwide. And how about this? Because we're talking about Dexcom today. How about the number one rated distributor in Dexcom customer 
satisfaction surveys. Arden gets her supplies from US Med, and you could too. Get your free benefits check today and see what US Med means when they say they want to give you white glove treatment. Better service and better care? That's what US Med is offering you. USMed.com forward slash juice box. 888-721-1514. Hey, I appreciate all you guys listen to the ads. I do my best to make them fun and jazzy and informative. Now let's get back to Jake and find out the answer to my question about the code 9117. Oh no, not the 9117. that a G6 sensor with the code 9117 is somehow not as good as a sensor with another code on it. <laughs> so um, that is a very common code. It's one of the more common codes um, towards the center of the distribution. So it's, um, no, it's just, I think it's a more common code. And, and the other thing I've noticed too is when people do have issues, you know, you always try to find something to associate it with, um, whether it's sometimes it's just the difference between a new product and an old product, or maybe it's that they see that code frequently. That is one of the more frequent sensor codes because it's in the middle of our, our um, calibration distribution. I just wanted somebody besides me to say it. So um, yeah, <laughs> sure. I get tired telling but, people. I'll uh, tell you a funny story. In the old days when we were running sensors and before we had the, the calibration stuff all figured out, um, I would just type in 9117 was my normal code that I'd type in that it would take. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you guys working on getting approval for in hospital use of a Dexcom? Like we yeah, yeah, actually we are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the, um, you know, the, the current CGM, um, CGMs, uh, aren't, um, uh, basically approved for use in the hospital. Um, but one of the things that we, during COVID was there was an emergency authorization that the FDA gave us to allow us to allow basically the hospitals to use our product and they could buy it from us. And so we had on many hospitals, uh, come and ask for the product. They put it on uh, patients, um, you know, during the time when they had a lot of patients with COVID and it helped them, you know, they weren't utilizing as much of the protective gear because they weren't having to go finger stick the, the patients so often. They could put it on someone they were worried about glucose excursions on so they could basically, I mean, G6, this was G6 timeframe. It was a great pro. It's a great product, but, you know, for a hospital workflow, they basically had the phones like sitting outside the room or sometimes they used receivers um, some of them set up their own follow networks um, to be able to, to follow the data. So, you know, they were kind of using it. And it was a super beneficial tool to help them uh, manage uh, blood sugars during during well, while people were in the hospital. But what we're doing now is taking uh, the product, um, taking the, the subcutaneous sensor technology and designing a product that's specifically designed to fit into the workflow in the hospital. Think like connectivity, data, data display. Um, that's a big part of the product development. The other thing we're doing is we're running clinical studies that show the performance of a subcutaneous sensor in the hospital, um, okay. basically showing um, we're seeing really good performance from these studies, but um, they're a little bit longer because you have to enroll people who are actually in the hospital. Um, the FDA wants to see um, the sensor in that intended use environment just because it's such um, a critical uh, place to, to make sure your sensor is performing well. Yeah. Drugs, interferences, all that stuff that can happen in a hospital um, is what we're basically doing the study to show that uh, the sensors work great there. Is the idea sort of when you're done with it, a nurse would be able to look up the same place where the blood pressure is and see the blood glucose? That's the that's the vision. It's the, you know, glucose, the fifth vital sign. So nice. I mean, that's, that's really 
uh, is it important? You know, one, one, you know, we've we've worked in the hospital for many years. In the past, we had a program um, that we were focused on a, more of a, a intravenous sensor. But the the thing that I took away from that was that I spent a lot of time in ICUs and in the hospital environment, and just saw the the teams there need better tools to to manage people's diabetes or blood sugars. Even you know, a lot of people have blood sugar issues from stress, uh, stress induced hyperglycemia. That's not they don't even have diabetes, but they're just the tools are not good. The finger stick is so you know to get actual frequent measurements. Um, you know you're going in and pricking someone's finger every yeah. hour was the you know kind of the protocols that I saw in the ICU. So yeah, a continuous monitor makes perfect sense for that environment. I think anybody who's been through it knows that makes sense. Obviously, the work has to happen with the FDA. But Arden had an exploratory surgery once. I explained the loop to them in <laughs> in the pre-op, and the doctor was like, "Here, put that in a bag." leave that under the table. He wanted her algorithm to run during a surgery and he had only heard about it 30 minutes before. And he was like, yeah, we're good with that. So yeah. Yeah. Hopefully hopefully that works out. All right. Here's one one less thing for him to worry about. Yeah, exactly. All right. Here's a scary one. You made a new thing. So everybody's worried you're going to stop supporting the old thing. So G6, is it? It's we're, we're going to, so we're building G6 now um, and serving all the customers on G6, particularly AID users. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, quite a few of our customers use automated insulin delivery systems, and those are still working on their G7 integrations. So, no, we're not taking G6 away. We are encouraging people, though, to upgrade to G7 so you continue to get the latest updates in technology. But we'll support G6 um, for uh, quite a while until everybody's got got the upgrade. Okay. Um, you know, the upgrade timing is different for everybody, so we got to work through that. But, yeah, G6 lines are running great. Super happy uh, with the output that we're seeing. So. Um, yeah, the, the other point there I'd like to make too, is that, you know, we are, you know, we've got our G7, we've got this new product for, um, uh, you know, non-insulin users, but we're still very focused on innovating in the AID space and in the, um, you know, sensor space and, and, you know, automated insulin delivery, you know, MDI, multiple daily injection. Um, we're, we're focused on continuing to innovate there. We've been the innovation leaders there and we, we are going to remain that. So just because we are launching new products that benefit more people, um, we're not taking our eye off uh, our, our current customers. Yeah. I mean, is the company, I mean, you guys are, you're sticking fingers out in a lot of directions. Is the company growing? Are you taking more staff on? Or is this something that you're able to do with your your current workforce? We, no, we do. We we uh, we grow um, our R&D grad, uh, kind of team um, and all the folks that work on product development. That That has grown over time. Um, it's actually been an exciting, fun, you know, kind of process of going from developing just one thing, right, to now developing multiple different products that utilize the, you know, core CGM technology, but, um, you know, have different embodiments of the, of the physical product. And so the team has grown. Um, we continue to, uh, you know, grow uh, revenue and the customer base. Um, we're also kind of we don't grow our expenses at the same rate um, as we bring on new customers. So we are we find efficiencies in how we how we work. But, you know, we make really healthy R&D investment. And that's a really important part of, of our growth story and also ensuring that as many people can benefit from CGM. There's still, you know, hundreds of millions of people out there that could benefit that don't have access to the product. You know, they either can't afford it. They don't have the insurance coverage. It's not available in their country. There's, there's all those things that we got to get after. Yeah. Oh, please. The bottom of my list here, India, Australia, Japan. Those are the three people are like, when can I get G7? Um, it is So that's not lost on me at all, that, that there's stuff to do still. You know, you, you hear from people all the time, especially now the world's opened up. People are more aware of what they don't have. 
and and the benefits of it. And I think it's hard to hear about the benefit of something like that and then not be able to put your hands on it. I mean, really frustrating, especially around health, you know. Um, And I I made myself laugh when you said you're growing um, and bringing in new customers with, I forget exactly how you said it, because what I thought in my head was the, the ads on the podcast are very affordable. <laughs> I was giving myself credit in my head. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no, awareness, you know, awareness for CGM is so much greater now than it was even a year or two ago. But there's still people I meet that have never, that have diabetes that never heard of a CGM. So that's fascinating. Uh, yeah. Well, no, you know, actually, I was at um, South by Southwest doing a panel and we actually asked the audience, you know, it was about 2,000 people. How, who here knows someone with diabetes? Almost every hand raises. Then I ask them, okay, who knows what a continuous glucose monitor is? And it was a very small fraction, less, way less than 10% raised mm-hmm. their hands. So it's like there is you know, awareness around technology that can benefit that we still have to work on. I did a talk in front of 200 couples, adult couples, at least one person in the couple had type one. And I started a an uproar when I asked about if everyone had glucagon in their home. And it, it was fascinating how few people knew what glucagon was or understood how dangerous insulin could be. And, wow. these, and these were not like newly diagnosed people for the most part. It was really like fascinating, kind of stunning actually. So I think the work's always there to to try to get the word out to people. Um, yeah. A 12 year old boy wants to know if there'll ever be a poke free sensor. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, in the time period that I've been doing this, which is uh, well north of 20 years, I've never seen a technology that um, works non-invasively, meaning, you know, you don't have any sensor. But what I would say is if you looked at where, you know, G4 and some of the previous generations started with that manual applicator, which you're you're familiar with, Scott, and now where we are with G7 with a much smaller sensor, very quick insertion, um, most most of the time you don't even feel it. So um, that's, that's our focus is on making, you know, sensing technology that is as minimally invasive as possible. I have to tell you that every time I see somebody put up one of those, like, I don't know, a picture of a watch and they say, it's going to tell you your glucose. I think that's not going to work. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not an engineer, but that seems like that's not going to work. Not with current technology, right? Like, uh, it's not to say that in the future we don't figure something out. But at the moment, you what you do is is the best way to do it at this point. Yeah, basically, there there hasn't been a technology, you know, there's a lot of things, light um, you know, infrared light, um, radio frequencies, um, all kinds of different techniques have been tried to send a signal into the body and then get a signal back that somehow represents glucose. It just, glucose is a particularly challenging molecule to measure. It's not like oxygen, right? Where you can put a pulse ox on somebody's finger and get their oxygen level in their blood from a light shining through their, their skin. It just, it doesn't work that way for glucose. And so having the sensor probe actually in contact with the glucose in your body is one of the ways that we make the sensors as accurate as they are. A number of times that I've spoken with different people from Dexcom, it's been brought up that the data that you guys are able to see, that maybe one day it would help people make decisions about insulin. Is that still something you you think about and are you working on it? Yeah, 100%. Um, in a couple of different avenues, right? One of the avenues we're working on is, um, you know, we use uh, data to tune our um, automated insulin delivery algorithms. So, you know, our first generation we uh, algorithm we launched with Tandem and their control IQ. Um, we have another generation algorithm that we're working on um, that uh, we talked a little bit about at ATTD um, this uh, this uh, year. Um, and it was really around full automated control. So actually doing boluses and controlling um, 
you know, correction boluses and everything, Bazel, everything with just an algorithm. Um, and so we, in that, we've used quite a bit of the um, kind of glucose dynamics that we see in our in our, in our data um, to help develop that algorithm. We also see kind of, you think about basal insulin users, you think about um, MDI users, um, there's a lot of things we can do to provide further insight to help them, you know, make make the disease easier to manage. Um, and so they'll they'll be in particular as we've started to kind of build out our software capabilities. You're seeing G7s. You know, we're launching more more frequent releases to the mobile app. You're going to see some more stuff there in the future on insulin as well. So I have a couple of questions here about InPen and why it's not real time like it used to be. But my my guess is it's because Medtronic bought InPen and they probably would prefer if their users used their sensor. Is that is that the reason, or what is the reason that happens? No, so the so the InPen um, is uh, you know it was purchased by Medtronic, but we still support connectivity to it, and we're working uh, with Medtronic to continue to provide uh, that support and maybe even expand it. We'll see. But um, no, I think you know from my perspective is that you know Medtronic um, you know it's a great pen uh, for people who are using it, and um, we we make a fantastic sensor. And why why shouldn't those two go together? Oh, that's great because it is a it's a really important device and. Even people who only use it for a time before they go to a pump talk about how valuable what they learn is from it. So, okay, well, I'm glad to hear that's not it. I just, that was me. I was being cynical. I just assumed they were like, <laughs> well, you know, it's, I mean, thinking about you technically competitors working together, but it happens all over and I'm definitely something that we're comfortable with. Okay, cool. Uh, G7 question specific. What's the difference between entering a blood glucose versus calibrating? Like, why would I enter one, but not use it as a calibration? Uh, maybe you want it to show up in um, your uh, data reports, but you don't want to use it as calibration. It was, it was a, I mean, I don't know how many users actually use that, but it was definitely something that came back in user feedback where they wanted to be able to track glucose, but not all, with a finger stick meter, but not always use it to calibrate. Okay. I also saw this question enough that I want to ask it of you. I don't have any personal experience with it. People say they're traveling internationally and having trouble restarting new sensors because it feels like the app is like geo locked or something like that. Is that real or is that? Well, there's um, well, there is there is basically um, an important component here, but it can get confusing. So I, I'll explain it. So, you know, I think users um, what happens is uh, the, the important thing to know is that every country that you go to um, and you set up your phone in that country, they all have different app stores. So if I take my U.S. phone and I leave it as a, you know, it's my account, my, my um, you know, I'm an Android user, but for the Apple account too. When I travel to the U.K. and I look at the App Store, I'm still looking at the U.S. App Store. Even though I'm physically in the U.K., I'm looking at the U.S. App Store, I can download a U.S. app. One of the things that happens, though, is if you start using a U.K. phone that's U.K. based, like you, you picked up a, a phone at a, a store there or something, mm-hmm. That phone will go to unless you you like enter in all your U.S. information. It's going to go to the U.K. app store and download the U.K. app, which uh, is different functionality than what you have in the U.S. And so, when you basically are traveling, you need to use the phone that you you know it's your normal phone and your normal account, and everything should work just fine. Okay. The sensors aren't different. Uh, they're not the sensors don't function different, but there is differences in the. Um, uh, and you know you, you can't take a U.S. account and say I'm in I'm in you know, the U.K. now, and, and unless you want to call tech support, we can actually correct that on the back end. But the idea there is that because we have one global app, it configures itself to the functionality of each of the countries of which you purchase your sensors and re- reside. 
So it's basically locked into your account and where you live normally. But it wouldn't be necessary for like, like when I have to call my credit union, tell them I might want to use my ATM card in another country. I don't have to call it. Like no. no, you'll be right. fine. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's still the follow network and the share network. It's actually one of the interesting things where we've got a U.S. person and someone OUS wants to follow them. That OUS person has to download the U.S. follow app. The OUS follow app won't connect to a U.S. app. I've so had that. It's basically yeah. data privacy, all kinds of you know backend stuff there. Okay. So I don't know how specific you can be about this, but. I'll just go in order that it's written here. G7 compatibility with ILET. Any idea how long that will take? That's uh, really up to um, Beta Bionics. Um, you know, I think they're, they're just getting going with um, the uh, ILET and G6, which has been super exciting. I saw ADA, I saw a couple of people wearing it, saw some great um, time and range numbers from those folks. And so, I, you know, it's, it's a great product um, and we're, you know, ready to support them on G7 um, as fast as they can move. But, you know, they're, just brand new coming to the market. Um, so I don't actually know the specific timing. Okay. But I would assume it, there's a window in your head too, where G6 is going to be gone, even if it's, a, yeah. even if it's a couple of years from now. So it's got to be at least in that window. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You got it. What about Omnipod five? So they're, they're working hard. I mean, I've, I've, um, it's been a while. I've seen quite a few, uh, you know, up and systems up and running, uh, on the development side. So, I, they they haven't made public comments about when when their timing is, but you know I know they're working hard on it, and we're ready to support them when it comes out. I'm sorry, I'm going to just ask for about uh, tandem too. <laughs> so are they all about the same answer, or because no are... no tandem's actually tandem said uh, you know publicly um, that they're um, planning to launch uh, you know, around quarter three of this year. So that's okay. pretty soon, right? We're already in quarter three with uh, July. So you know in that time frame. Um, they uh, and and you know I, I don't have any reason to believe they're not on track for that. Mm -hmm. So I have two I have two questions about watches. The first one is you yeah. mentioned you mentioned Apple Watch, but we didn't talk about other like watches. The integration for other kinds of wearables too. Yeah. So right now we support um, the same things we did on G six um, uh, with the the Android Wear platform, um, and we also support the iOS um, the Apple uh, Watch. When we go excuse me, we go to direct to watch. The initial uh, uh, foray there is on the Apple Watch. That's what we spent quite a bit of time working through making an Apple Watch a full functional receiver because that's what we have to do mm -hmm. to ensure that you get the right alerts and alarms and all the things that you know are, are really important from safety perspective, that those are always uh, reliable on the watch platform. And that was basically what we've been working on for a number of years with um, our team and also the team at Apple on the, um, the watch OS to ensure that you can reliably get those alerts because that's the you know if you think about you know cgm it's one of the most important things it does is give you alerts when you're out of range the first time that it's available for the apple watch i'm going to find out where you are and send you flowers because i'm going to be super excited <laughs> that we're never going to talk about this again <laughs> like there's, I, you know, there's a there's a large team that's very excited that this is uh you know, finally coming to fruition they've been working on it for a long time yeah somebody told me that uh the apple watch question with dexcom is like asking elon musk when the cars are going to drive themselves <laughs> so, <laughs> they're like oh it's happening yeah next month don't worry <laughs> i like i like that analogy it's one of those like it's going to happen as fast as it can but, yeah uh, hard yeah. to put a finger on it but yeah we're feeling really good about where it is now nice um so i'm going to just say from for me personally of all the things that i wanted you to do that didn't happen um i am probably most disappointed i guess i'll say about there not being delta 
I knew you were going to say that. Scott. <laughs> that one, that one, that one made me a little sniffy. I got a little sad when I saw it wasn't there. Is there a reason it didn't happen, or is it coming in the future? It's uh, one of those things on the on the priority list. I don't exactly know where it ranks, but I know it's on there. So, like I said, with the the faster app releases for G seven, you know, we we've already you know released more functionality in G seven within the short period of time it's been available than we did with G six last year. And so you'll see more and more uh, app releases. We're kind of targeting the teams are targeting almost uh, one one every six weeks. So um, new functionality each time. I saw the app and I thought I hold no sway at all at Dexcom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, like, I, I wouldn't say that. I, I wouldn't say. That. I didn't think I did, but I was I was like, oh, I definitely don't. Um, people are asking about the the graph looking jumpier. I don't know another word to use. Is there something yeah. you can explain about that? So um, it is that so there's there's less smoothing in G7 um, than what was in G6, and a lot of that has to do with uh, trying to heighten the performance of the sensor and its ability to detect um, glucose, you know, kind of changes and turnaround and rapid rates of change and all those things. And so, with the performance of the sensor being better than G6, we turn down the filtering, and so you're going to see a little bit more jitter. There's no reason to think that it's less. It's actually you know we know G7, we studied it. It's more accurate than G6. Um, but the, you, the perception of the, the, I've had multiple people ask me, Hey, my line's kind of, um, you know, it's not as smooth as it was on G6. Is that a problem? And it's like, no, no, it's actually measuring glucose quite accurately. Okay. Uh, speaking of accuracy, before I go back to my next question, is there, are we at the ceiling or is there more? Do you think there's more to go? There's more to go. Okay. There's more to go. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I want to continue to tackle, you know, sensors that, um, you know, every so often you'll get a wonky sensor. Right. And it's, it, there, there's a lot that cause can cause different things to happen, but, um, it, you know, my goal is every sensor works hundred percent of the time. I think there's still improvements that can be made on the first day of wear, right? Sometimes first day is, is more variable than the rest of the wear. And also on those latter days, um, you know, as we continue to extend the life of the sensor, you know, ensuring that you've got good performance all the way to that last day is, um, there's, there's plenty more to innovate there. Um, uh, from both the sensor technology as well as the uh, algorithm that powers it. Arden got up yesterday morning. It was my birthday yesterday, so we had a whole big day planned. My son was home, and we were all doing stuff together, right? And she got up, and she said, hey, my Dexcom is going to expire in, like, eight or nine hours. And I was like, oh, put a new one on now. And, you know, like, so she's just home from college. She's like, is this the thing you were trying to tell me at college? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, put the new one on now. And then she wore it for, I don't know, five, six hours, and then when there was a lull, I said, okay, now, you know, disconnect the other one and put the new one on. And I'll tell you, man, it just popped back on. It read exactly where the other one was. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, uh, I, I, every, <laughs> I love it. Everyone should be trying to accomplish that if they can. Um, really fantastic. Uh, more on G7. Is there a right and wrong way to do the insertion? And people want to know why is it only cleared for arms? Oh, okay. Yeah. So two great questions. Um you know, no, no, there's no right or wrong way to insert it. You basically just have to push it down hard enough so that the little safety guard is, you know, ensures that it's pressed up against your skin and you press the button. Um, you know, when, when, I wore, when I wear sensors, I wear them farther on the back of my arm than on the side because, you know, on the side, sometimes you can run into things, mm-hmm. um, seatbelts, whatever. So I like, kind of like it on the back. I, f- I find it's more protective back there. And then from a um, arm uh, and wear versus abdomen wear, Basically, when we did the study, that we saw the best performance in the arm, and so that's what we got cleared um, by the FDA. But if you look outside the U.S., 
our labeling has both arm and abdomen. Mm-hmm. Um, just in the U.S., based on the way the study went and the way we wanted to get the product approved through the regulatory course, and also the the performance, we just we settled on let's let's go with arm. I'm going to save 30 seconds at the end of this to tell you a funny story that I don't think I can record, but I'm going to make myself a note. It's about something Arden said that cracked me up. Um, I can't wait to hear it. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> Happy birthday, by the way. Oh, thank you. I'm 52, so awesome. I'm feeling pretty old. Uh, but my hair is staying dark, so I feel like I'm ahead of something. Also, you're ahead, you're ahead of me, for sure. Check that out. Jake, you're a handsome <laughs> man, and there's no reason for you to say that. <laughs> I um, I found the Wigovi about four months ago, so my life is getting... Uh, much oh, better. Nice. Much it's crazy. I swear. I just got nothing to do with our conversation, but 25 pounds in four months. Congratulations, Thank man. You. It's it's a fantastic therapy. Yeah, it really is. And I'm starting to see people use it with type one and I'm watching their insulin resistance or not just resistance, maybe, but their insulin needs are dropping, um, which is really fantastic. I really feel like you're going to see the, the semaglutide maybe get okayed for type ones in the next couple of years. Um, anyway, I'm sorry. I got off track there. Okay, here's some half like conspiracy theory stuff. Did you start using, but I don't even know what I'm saying here. Did you start using less dielectric grease on the G7 than you did on the G6? Because I'm seeing something wonky when I take a shower. Oh, interesting. No, the, (laughs) that's interesting. That's a person who's into the details on the, uh, on the ceiling system. The ceiling system for G7 is, is totally different than G6. Um, so it doesn't use that those same components. So um, it, you know, G7 is, uh, you know, from a waterproof perspective, uh, you know, meets the same standards as G6, very waterproof. So when taking a shower, if they're seeing something wonky, the only thing I've seen is like really hot temperature sometimes can make a little bobble in the signal, but it depends on what they're seeing. I, I, I don't know what um, what they're experiencing, but um, no, it, it, the, the waterproofness is great. You can swim with it and go underwater, you can go in the jacuzzi. Yeah. Uh, all good. I mean, Arden's blood sugar jumps naturally when she gets in the shower and some people's fall. Yeah. I didn't know if maybe they're just, I don't know, seeing that. I couldn't tell, but I, I was like, well, some engineer did. Anyway, I thought I could help quell your internet rumors. Um, so there <laughs> there was one for that. Um, I, I, I know this is never going to end, but you guys made a change to the adhesive. Um, I think it works terrific. I'm not seeing any trouble with Arden. She is wearing the little over patch that she sent. If I yeah. can give a personal bit of feedback. It would be nice if they were a little stiffer because I end up sticking them to themselves a lot. Um, I agree. Thank I you. totally agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> I have these big like, square fingers and my hands are huge and, and Arden's like, leave it alone. Like you're going to, uh, it's stuck to itself. And I'm like, I know, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that's that. Some people are saying, could the patch be larger that comes with the Dexcom? Is that something you're evaluating or are you happy with where it is? No, no, we're evaluating. I mean, we're always looking at uh, new patch technologies, and there's quite a bit going on in that space um, with the the different patch manufacturers. And so, no, we're we're always looking at making it adhere better with the balance of ensuring it doesn't um, cause skin reactions. Right? We we made a number of enhancements to G6 over time that reduced. You know, some people have um, sensitivities to um, medical grade adhesive, and so we made a bunch of changes over time to G6 to improve that. Those changes. Our, our, you know, that learning went into G7. Um, and so, but no, we're still, we're always looking at how do you improve it? I, it's, I think it's going to be less about the size of the patch and more about uh, the specific materials that are in there. But um, yeah, you'll, you'll see enhancements come out over time on G7 for the patch. Are, was it removed um, the countdown on the, um, 
on the caregiver's side. But that's not different, is it? Because I, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I don't. I don't. You mean on the follow side? Yeah. Is uh, let's see. Is there any plans to add a time since updated clock on the G7 mobile app? Oh, okay. So. Oh, um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I get it. Yeah, because we have that on the the follow app, right? Um, yeah. I don't think so, but um, I can I can double check and look. In that same vein, a number of people asked if it, why they can't ping the sensor. Why do they have to wait the full five minutes? They, they I think it's a lot of parents who are like stand here for two minutes until I see what this does. And then you can like go away. Is there, I mean, is there, it's a, yeah, the, the current design, it commun it only communicates every five minutes. So depending on where you catch it, right. If it could be as short as a minute, um, but yeah, it, it's basically five minutes in between the communication cycles, but that's another thing that we're looking at in terms of for reliability um, and, and ensuring you get the connection back faster mm -hmm. um, can enhance, enhance it there. A lot of people are asking for a lot of the management stuff that you can see in your your app if you're the user, but on the on the follow side, um, time to expiration, like things that really help with management. And I know we've talked about the app a number of times. It feels like you're working towards it, but we know, are. You know, we spent a lot of effort. The software team was super focused on getting G7 out. Um, and getting it internationalized across all these different countries. And we're still continuing to, to launch new countries around the globe with G7. Um, but we have also, we've built a lot of software capacity to do that. And we also, D1, um, the Dexcom 1 product that's available outside the US, same thing, added a bunch more software resources to drive software development forward. And the teams do kind of inter interchange. We don't use, it's not like there's a dedicated G7 team that's totally separate from Dexcom 1. There's a lot of common software. Um, and so um, follow, I'm excited to bring follow into that fold and start making more enhancements to follow because it's, you know, it's time we do that. We, we haven't, we've, we've ensured it stayed compatible and made some small changes, but it's time to make some of those changes that users are asking for because it follows a really important part of the system um, and uh, we need to uh, put some more attention into it. Yeah. Um, I'm glad to hear you say that. I, I have a question I hope doesn't seem difficult. I feel like I've known you for long enough. When do you hit enough scale that you can bring the price down for for cash options? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, in the idea in business, like we can sell a few expensive things or a lot of inexpensive things. Like, is there a tipping yeah. point where that can happen so that so that instead of you and I having this conversation and a lot of nice mi middle class people hearing it, like, when can everybody use one of these that needs it? Yeah, I think so. Um you know, the price of CGM has come down quite a bit over, over for, you know, the period of time that's been available. Um, the average selling price of a CGM is quite a bit less than it was um, even, you know, four years ago. But there's still more room to go. And I, I, there, there is a time period where we're going to get to a point where it's it's very affordable for people to access it. Now, different products may be at different price points based on functionality. Um, you know, if you, if, you're, you, if you think about it from a perspective of like an automated insulin delivery system and all of the functionality that's required there, that may be a different price point than someone, um, you know, who doesn't use automated insulin. They're not using insulin. They don't have the alerts and alarms. They're not using share follow. So, I mean, there's there's different feature sets for users. But, um, you know, I think we're, we're it's one of our focuses is always to innovate on the cost side of the product. G7 was a big step for us mm -hmm. uh, in terms of, you know, continuing to reduce the cost it takes us to manufacture. Now we're not there because you know G7 volumes aren't uh, you know completely it's not the whole base hasn't shifted over and, and all the new customers that are coming in. Um, but as the G7 volume ramps, 
and we just you know our factory in malaysia just just started up at the beginning um of the month of, of june and so we're really excited to have that um factory now running and that's a big part of our cost to serve and being able to reduce the overall cost of the product is it possible that the business on the non-insulin using type 2 side could help to buoy the other side at some point volume volume in all cases helps right and there are a lot of common components to the systems and so you know would the, the nice thing about having you know kind of the product built around a particular hardware platform like g7 is that as scale continues to grow and your volumes grow um, you can take advantage of that. Um, and so absolutely, the more volume that we grow in all the different patient segments, the better. Okay. Here's my last question, and it's very niche I, I think four people are going to understand it when I say it. Um, is John Welsh still with the company, and can I interview him again? Because people loved him. John Welsh is absolutely still with the company. Okay. He actually is uh, one of our main medical writers and uh, has published a lot of um, recent data, actually, that some of the data I was talking about with the type 2 users um, that uh, aren't on insulin, some of the, the outcome data we saw there, um, that was all, uh, John was one of the authors. So yeah, he still is. He is maybe without a doubt in the top five, I don't know if you call it geeky or dorky diabetes people who've been on. People love the, I mean, we talked at length about standard deviation and things that I just think most people might not even understand or care about. And man, people loved him. It was, uh, so I'm glad to hear that. I'm, I'm going to reach back out and get him on the show again. Um, awesome. Widget on the lock screen, that's still there for G7? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. We actually just, yeah, we just made a bunch of updates for the widget in the last version. So if it, if, if it wasn't there, I'm assuming it's there now. Okay, great. Uh, Jake, I appreciate this very much. And I am cutting it two minutes short because I'm going to tell you this very silly story. So I'm going to say goodbye to you. I'm going to hit stop so you know you're not being recorded anymore. I appreciate you being here. Awesome, pleasure. A huge thanks to Jake Leach and Dexcom for coming on the show and answering all of your questions. And thanks to you guys, of course, for sending in those questions. Check out US Med at usmed.com forward slash juicebox or call 888-721-1514. Better service and better care. That's what you're going to get at US Med. The podcast was also sponsored today by the Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter. And I'd like to remind you to head over to Contour Next dot com forward slash juice box to learn more and uh, maybe buy yourself one. If you're looking for community around diabetes, please check out the private Facebook group juice box podcast type one diabetes. If you have type one type two prediabetes gestational, everyone's welcome. It's a private group with over 40,000 members. There's a conversation happening there right now that you would be interested in or let me say this. Maybe you'd have something to add to that conversation. Maybe you just want to lurk. Doesn't matter to us. Come on over. Everyone's welcome. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.